Okay, Gwenny, I need a podcast song. Can you sing a song about podcasts? Go ahead. Twinkle, twinkle, little toy. How I want to let you eye. Up, 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 we're so high. Like a diamond in the sky. Twinkle, twinkle, little toy. How I want to let you eye. That was about a podcast, but it was very nice. Welcome to the third episode of the Salsia Art Podcast. I am Jesse Salbato. I'm an Orange County-based artist and illustrator. <laughs> I'm trying to be at least, and that intro was by my daughter. I asked her on the spot to make up a song, and, you know, to be honest, for a three-year-old, not too bad. Um, in this podcast, in case you haven't heard before, I talk about games, I talk about art, I talk about comics, movies, anything that I think is uh, kind of fun. I talk about making art a little bit, so if you're an artist that wants to listen to someone else's opinion of making art, I talk about that too. Um, we have some segments and stuff, so hopefully you enjoy this. Um, right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and start a, a suggestion that my friend made, which was to do a top ten list. He, there was a lot of people, a lot of things people threw at me about what kind of top tens I should do. There were two that kind of caught my eye, so this is what I'm going to do. Was uh, I'll pick two, and then I'll just do do that from there. And uh, the first top ten I'm going to do that my buddy asked was for top ten Instagram artists that I follow. Um, I wasn't necessarily looking for like the technically the best or the most famous or anything. I was looking for the ones that when I look at their art. I feel super inspired, and they're the guys that, as soon as you know, I'm going through their feed, it makes me immediately want to go grab a piece of paper and start making something. Um, I'm gonna go in alphabetical order just because, like, listing these guys and who I like best, I don't think it's possible. They're all really great artists. They're all super inspiring. Uh, the first one uh, that I follow is a guy named V Alonzo Art. It's V Alonzo Art. This guy is super unappreciated and incredibly talented. He is just fantastic his work always blows me away a lot of it's digital um, he does these realistic takes on like Dragon Ball Z characters and um, just all around a really great artist very underappreciated and I highly suggest you look him up uh, the other one is a buddy of mine we've been following each other on Instagram for like five years now that's Aspen Art um, the guy just impresses me because he, he'll show his um, the way he does his drawings and he'll start from like the face, no sketching or anything, and just build from there. It reminds me of Couch Doodles, who is another, he's, he's a professional artist, the guy is amazing as well. Um, that's who Aspen Art reminds me of. Um, he just blows me away, the fact that he can start anywhere and just build this fantastic drawing. Um, he does likenesses, he, he, he can just look at something and make it. It's just gorgeous work. Um, after that is Emile Cabaltiera. I found this guy actually on Pinterest. Him and another guy that's on this list did a collaborative piece of Ninja Turtle art, which just blew me away. I love I love when someone does a gritty, realistic take on the turtles, and that's definitely what Emil, um, Emil does. Uh, but one of the things that really, really inspires me about his work is his watercolor work. Uh, it's just it's gorgeous. It's incredibly inspiring, very realistic, and I have no idea how he does it. Um, but every time I see one of his pieces, I immediately want to go and start doing some paint. After that is Eric Canetti, another incredibly talented artist. Um, just another guy that I look at his work and it it just blows me away. It, it makes me want to go and I don't know, I, I'm sorry if it's redundant. Um, 
but it's just it's the same thing as like when you look at somebody like Jim Lee's stuff there's a lot of detail work that just it, it makes you really want to look at what you're doing and look what he's doing and see what it is that you're missing um, after that is Joey Lee Cabral another watercolor artist blows me away mainly uh, what I really love seeing him do is his watercolor pieces because there's a lot of energy to it um, whereas Emil is very kind of more on the realistic side um, Joey's very high energy um, just the water the paint kind of goes everywhere but it works in such a great way he really has a, a this fantastic talent for making these pieces that just really capture the spirit of whatever the subject is uh, definitely definitely check him out uh, number six Raymond Gay this guy, when I first saw his drawing of one of the turtles, just looking at the shell alone made me reanalyze exactly how it is that I draw my turtles. Uh, when I saw it, I looked at it and thought, this is exactly what I've been waiting for. This is the exact kind of de depiction of the turtles I've always had in my head, but I've never really been able to like, put it on paper, and he does it. Uh, he just has this great, great eye for detail. He makes everything look so real. Um, in my opinion, and I'm sure there are people that are would could call me nuts, um, but he reminds me of like the next Jim Lee. Um, I actually enjoy his more, work more than Jim Lee, which I know is nuts because you know that for me, a lot of my friends, that guy is the master. Um, but I feel like Raymond, he kind of takes that things that maybe a step further. It just it feels very organic, very gritty. Um, I just I can't go on enough like whenever someone asks me an artist to check out or an artist that I follow that inspires me he's the first guy that comes to mind uh, next is Ben Oliver Art another fantastic comic artist um, <laughs> it's, it's so hard not to say he blows me away but, I mean because all these guys do that just again very inspiring work um, after that is Justin Prime uh, not only is he the guy that inspired me to do the podcast and he's a guy that he's he's leading this community of comic book creators uh, to kind of help them achieve their dreams. But he's a fantastic artist himself. Uh, his work really reminds me of like Joe Madeira, um, in the sense that like there's this energy to it. It's almost like like a graffiti artist style, but at the same time, it's not as messy if that makes sense. It's just there's a lot of energy to his work, and it's really fun to look at. Uh, the following that he has is very, very much well-deserved, and he just continues to push himself, and you can see it, that's kind of the cool thing is going back in his timeline and seeing the growth that this guy's had. Uh, after that is Jimbo Salgado. Not only does this guy have a name that, my, that rhymes with mine, so I like him immediately, um, the guy just is amazing. He's the one that collaborated with, with Emil Cabaltiera, and their work with the Ninja Turtles is phenomenal. Uh, he, I've seen work that he's done of Wolverine, Spider-Man, pretty much any hero he's done, and it looks gorgeous. His thing, um, his area of expertise, in my opinion, is with ink. If you look at his ink work, he just really has a gift for, for doing these splatters and the spray, and just, he really seems to have mastered how he controls where the ink goes. And he ha makes it in such a way where I'm just like, how do you make these effects? Things like lighting or shadows, just, it's gorgeous gorgeous work and the last one we have is xx underscore crimson x underscore xx or crimson x um that's another guy similar to, to aspen art who i've been following for like five years and his um watching his progress is insane he was talented to begin with 
Um, but he's another guy that reminds me of um, Jim Lee. He just he has really great eye for detail. He really knows his proportions. His work just looks clean. It looks fantastic. And it's just kind of cool to be able to be like, I was one of the first followers. I saw him start off where he was really good, and now he just blows me away. Most of the stuff he's doing right now is Dragon Ball Z. Kind of, uh, it's it's a comic that he's making that's in his own universe with his own original characters. Um and it looks very clean. He's starting to go into digital, and you would think he's been doing it for years. He's just got a great eye for, you know, proportions and color and shadows. Just, he's doing great work. Definitely check him out if you're not already following him. And, yeah, that's the end of that. It's story time. Okay, this next top 10 actually leads to a story time. Uh, I'll get to that. So one of the, our listeners went ahead and said, for the top 10, what you'd like to know is the top 10 ways of dealing with depression. Now, I'm just an artist. I'm not a medical professional. Um, I can't really give any kind of advice. I can tell you my personal experience um, about how to deal with you know certain feelings and stuff that I've had. But like I said, not a professional. But, but thankfully, I do know someone that is, and I, I asked him really quickly, you know, what should I say? And this is what he said. He said, seek support if needed. And that means many things, not just therapy. It could be things like yoga, walking, exercise, and being social. Um, and obviously, you know, if you're feeling really down, if you feel like you're in a place where you, you know, you just can't bring yourself back from, then definitely look online for some kind of support or to family members, um, but yeah, but leading into story time, my own personal experiences, I, when I was in high school, like between the ages of like 14 and 16 were really rough. For some reason, just getting up and handing in my paper would kind of just, I would feel all this like this tension, all these like, it felt like pins and needles all over my back and chest. It was, um, I don't know, just the idea of being in front of people. I wouldn't say it was terrifying, but it just, it made me feel just so almost sick to my stomach. And so I was living with my aunt at the time, and she went and took me to a doctor, and the doctor uh, decided that, had told me that apparently I had social anxiety disorder, and he prescribed something, and it it did help. Um, I'm not sure how long it took. I think a little after high school, I probably stopped, and that, there might be a few reasons for that. Uh, but aside from that, um, it obviously, those feelings kind of led to me feeling like I didn't belong, feeling like, you know, I was never going to be accepted. It, it was just not not great feelings. But there are certain things that did help. So here's my top ten. Um, and one of them is playing board games. Um, even now, you know, if, like, kind of having a bad day or rough time, uh, if I go and play D&D with my friends, that is the place where I where things just kind of melt away, which is really nice. I can really just get lost with my, with my friends and just for a few hours, just kind of forget everything. And just all of a sudden I find myself laughing harder than I've laughed in years um, to the point where I peed a little, like I've said in the past. Um, doing that has definitely helped because it's it's a group thing where you've got your friends, you're able to kind of just be yourself. Even better, you can be who you want to be. And that's it's just really fun to get lost in. Uh, the second way I, I dealt with um, not feeling so great back in high school was playing guitar. I wasn't that great at the time, but it was a fantastic release because there was obviously songs that meant things to me. And so learning those songs, being able to sing those songs, um, was really cathartic. It really helped me feel a little bit better. Uh, another one was drawing. 
A drawing is another way of just putting your feelings on paper. Another great thing is as you're drawing, you're focusing on something else, and maybe your subconscious is working on whatever it is you're feeling at that time. Um, playing video games is another one where it just makes me feel good. If you're playing a game, especially if it's something you really love and you're pretty good at, those feelings of the, those victories definitely can help um, in the moment. Um, another one is reading a comic. For me, comics have been really inspiring. They've been a place to escape, a place to feel better about myself. And, you know, it's just comics can give you that push and that inspiration you need. Um, another one is being around certain people. I, you know, I had social anxiety, but there are certain people in my life, especially back in high school, who I just felt great. I felt safe. I could just be myself. I could be goofy. You know, if you knew me in class, that was a different Jesse. But if you knew me as a friend and you, I considered you a best friend, then you knew who I really was. And you, you'd probably be surprised because, you know, I could tell raunchy jokes and stuff and I could, I don't know. I was just a goofy kid. I wasn't afraid to, to make dumb faces and just be just just a, basically like a kid. Um, and I've been for, very fortunate because a lot of the best friends I had in high school, I have to this day. And I've actually even made it even more best friends. I think I probably have like five in that sense, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm probably six if you include my wife. Um, let's see. Another way is being, let's see, talking about it with someone you love. Um, that was kind of the cool thing is one of my best friends, his girlfriend at the time was going through the same thing. And I was able to talk to her about her experiences and how it felt to be on certain medications. Um, that actually kind of helped me feel less like a weirdo. And it definitely helped. Um, another one is walking. <laughs> Even today, if if you know I'm kind of frustrated about something or if angry, if I'm angry about something, going for a walk is a big help. It just clears my mind. Um, it helps me process things. Obviously, you're getting more oxygen while you're walking, and that goes to your brain, which helps you think better. And it gives a lot of clarity to whatever it is that's going on in the moment. Number nine is writing. Same thing with drawing. You can write your feelings. You can. You know, you can make different situations that mirror what's happening in real life, maybe in a bigger way, and it can help you work through some things. Um, you know, certain comics I've written have been, or I've, I've wanted to write, have been about dealing with certain things in the past, you know, and that feeling of being an outsider or a weirdo. And I think that's why a lot of my favorite shows are kind of like that, like, you know, Freaks and Geeks, for example, or Daria, where you're, they're the outsiders, but at the same time, you know, they're still important characters, they still have real feelings. And... You know, it's kind of fun to watch those things, but also write those things and kind of work through feelings that way. And the last one is to listen to favorite songs. Um, music, like most people, is pretty big in my life, and certain songs just really, really help. Um, they have special meanings. Sometimes they remind you of a special person. Sometimes they remind you of another time in your life. Um, and sometimes, you know, maybe you discover a song that just makes you feel good. And yeah. Those are my top 10 ways. Your top 10 ways will likely be different. But as long as you're feeling better, that's great. And whatever you're going through, I hope you do find whatever it is you need. Okay. And that is going to go ahead and lead us to our next section, which is story time. Well, not story time. Question time. Question time. All right, question time. The questions I got from pe- from people that are listening and want to know what I think of certain things for some reason. Uh, first one's from ADR underscore 019. He says, how long does it take you to do a drawing or podcast? 
Uh, the drawings can vary depending on what it is I'm doing. Um, the, the Raphael I did recently that I painted, that one took about three hours. That was um, doing the initial concept sketching, pencils, inking, and then eventually just painting it. Uh, took me longer than I thought, but three hours was a pretty good amount of time. If it's just a simple sketch, I could do it in like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, that's basically a lot of what I do is really just sketching. Um, the digital stuff takes way longer, though. The digital pieces that I've that I was doing recently, those can take a few days. Um, doing like I don't know, 30 minute increments. It's hard to say just because you're focused on a lot of layers, um, and I'm still getting used to it. I'm doing a lot of this on my phone. So it's not easy. The podcast, though, I can do in pieces, which is great as they come. Uh, like I recorded my daughter and our conversation that I'll be playing later on um, in one day. And then I'm doing the questions another day. And it just it, it takes about as long as it um, as it takes for you guys to listen to it. So if it's like a 40-minute podcast, it probably took me 50 minutes to an hour. And that's just because of like a little bit of editing here and there, adding in music, creating the music. Um, but yeah, it's pretty quick. It's not bad. And that's why I'm recommending to a lot of people to do their own podcast. And that's just because, um, there's a lot of people whose opinions I, I really am curious about. Uh, my buddy Brent is another guy that's got a lot of opinions. Sometimes, a lot of times we agree that sometimes we don't. And I'm always interested to hear what he has to say. Same thing with, um, my buddy Angelo. He's got very strong opinions and they're very different from mine. Um, but they're always entertaining and I always like to hear what he has to say. Um, so in regards to podcasting, if you're thinking about it, the Anchor app is a huge help. And honestly, like, just do it. It's fun. I'm having a blast doing this, uh, even though I'm not sure how long I'll have people listening to it, but we'll see. Now, I under the portion where I asked the audience questions, and this should be fun. Um, one of the questions that I asked was, has there ever been a comic, a uh, TV show, movie, game, anything that's ever helped you through a tough time? This was kind of going back to the depression top 10. I was kind of seeing what people have done if they've always ever been through a hard time. And some of the answers that came in, um, this one was, again, from ADR underscore 019. He said, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. That helped him out during a hard time. Uh, Matrissimo, a very talented guy. He said, Scott Pilgrim, because of the way he dealt with Ramona. Uh, Taisha Coster. She said that I think comics have been an escape for me and a way of finding inner strength. And yeah, I would totally have to agree with that one as well. I mean, it's part of the reason why I like comics so much. It, it makes you feel stronger, inspires you to, to try and, you know, do your best. It just gives you hope. I mean, even if it's from basically like it's, you know, it's a fantasy story. But fantasy stories make you feel good and they can make you motivated. So totally, totally agree with that one. And then Mez Illustration, another buddy of mine, he says, Too many to name, but my whole childhood and adolescence, something helped. And, yeah, I can relate with that one, too. Like I said before, you know, Calvin and Hobbes, Ninja Turtles, all that stuff kind of gave me a little bit of an escape when things were going a little little sideways at home or something. Um, so, yeah. And moving on to the next question, which was... Um, is there a game that you'd love to see remade that maybe like if there's a like a game that maybe a lot not a lot of people really know or like um what game they would like to see remade because there's certain games we all love and would love to see remade like diddy kong racing or something um but i was asking for games that maybe not a lot of people have heard of or tried or maybe it just doesn't get the appreciation it deserves um uh, said dune one open world 
Um, I haven't played it, but if it's open world, I mean, like, Dune, that sounds cool. Uh, that's D-U-N-E, not D-O-O-M, sorry, Dune. Justin Prime, he said TMNT, the fighting game on SNES. Uh, I believe that's TM- the Ninja Turtle tournament fighter game, and I'm 100% behind that. That is such a fun game, totally underrated. I mean, that just might be because I'm very nostalgic for it, but I remember just loving that game as a kid. It blew me away. Um, Damn1319, my buddy Derek, he said Punisher on PS2, and I'm so mad at myself because I never got a chance to play it, and I always wanted to. I was working at a game store at the time when it came out, and I just kept putting off playing it because I, I, I can't remember what had come out. I, I got very distracted, but I regret never playing it. And hopefully, who knows, maybe one day they'll make a good Punisher game that's, if it's not remade, at least similar. Uh, Maz Illustration again. Jade Cocoon. That sounds like a great one, too. Um, That one I haven't played in a very long time. Uh, And then JB Sherratt, he is speaking my language right now. He said, Def Jam Fight for New York. If you never play that game, that game is just a total blast. Four-player fighter, very brutal. You can make your own character. And you can beat the hell out of uh, Sean Paul, which is just a dream of mine because that guy is annoying as hell. And you can beat Snoop Dogg. Like, how awesome is that? Obviously, it sucked that they didn't have Dr. Dre or Eminem or anything, but uh, there was a lot of other great rappers in there, so it's all good. Um, and let me see. What else have we got here? Yes. One of the main questions that I really was curious about and that I really enjoyed uh, was how would you bring the x-men into the mcu um i only got a few responses no one really got too deep except for my buddy brent and this was his response i said oh man i love this question look i know everybody loves hugh jackman i don't marvel needs to soft introduce them uh look mrs pym already got the ball rolling in ant-man and the wasp by saying that you can mutate or whatever what we need is a subtle mutant reference like fury going to investigate someone with talents during captain marvel and that person is like a young Jean Grey or something. Or hell, if they want to start modern day, maybe there are reports of dis- of disturbances under the water and they discover Namor. Either way, I feel very strongly that the Fox X-Men need to be abandoned and, <clears throat> and then um, rebooted, rebooted into the MCU with new actors and a fresh start. I do not want to see McAvoy, Fassbender, Jackman um, as the X-Men again. I do, however, want them to keep on with their current Colossus. He and Negasonic are fucking gold. And when I read that, I'm like, yes, 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 on pretty much all counts. Um, I didn't mind Jackman. Uh, Brent and I went on a little bit further after this when I was talking to him about it because I I was like, yes, I agree with so much of this. Uh, He and I agreed on the idea that Wolverine's not supposed to be... Okay, the high thing is one thing. He's not supposed to be pretty either, like... The Wolverine that he and I both know, he's short, he's angry, he's ugly, and he looks like he smells. Like, he's he's just a big ball of fury, and that's the guy that we knew. That's the guy that was portrayed in the comics, that's the guy that was portrayed in the cartoon. And we both agreed, like, we want to see that visceral, angry Wolverine. Like, we did see it um, in some of the X-Men films, but it just, it never felt quite right. At least not to me, um... At some point, I definitely want to get Brent on here just so we can talk more about this because he and I were just shooting ideas back and forth. Um, the way that I would want to introduce them would be pretty much similar to what 
what uh, Brent had said. I probably want them to do some very soft, subtle references, but I would want it to be all over. If there's a Marvel show, I want them to subtly talk about, like you said, people with powers, people with abilities, talents. And then talk about, like, where are these people coming from? Make it sort of like an epidemic. I'd maybe want to see them do it, like, 80s, 90s, building up to it. Where it's looked at almost like the AIDS epidemic, where there's a lot of fear, a lot of misunderstanding, no one really getting it, and, um, you know... It, but at the same time being very under the table, hush-hush, and something you don't talk about. And I don't know how they would do that with the snap, but I feel like there's a way they could subtly do it. We're finally coming to, like, you know, the, the mid-2010s um, where this, you know, the government's starting to understand more about mutants, especially as, the, as it becomes more and more prevalent. Um, and then you see shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and maybe, like, if they decide to bring back Daredevil and stuff, talking about mutants and this new epidemic that's popping up until finally you you start to see the X-Men in different places in different series and they slowly come together finally near the end of some sort of finale or some sort of Marvel movie. Um, that's kind of what I would like to see, but like I said, at some point I'd love to talk to Brent about it a little bit more and just kind of spitball back and forth our different ideas because he has some great ideas that I definitely think you guys should hear. And... Um, Let's see. And I'm trying to see what else we got here for the podcast. I think that might actually be it. Looks like it was a shorter podcast than I had expected. Um, yeah. Well, I'm going to close this out with a little interview I did with my daughter regarding superheroes, who it is that she admires and who she wants to be. So I hope you guys enjoy that. And, yeah, until next time, I'll try and have another one out by Friday. You guys have a great day. Okay, I want to ask you about superheroes. Do you like superheroes? Uh, I like Moomoo and my Peter says face and we have um, crying. Okay, most of what I understood was you like Wonder Woman? Yeah. Why do you like Wonder Woman? Because in my face one. She's your favorite one. What about Spider-Gwen? I love her so much, too. You love her so much, too? How come? Because I love Wonder Woman and Grand Spider-Man. Okay. What, what does Wonder Woman do? Um, okay. She's currently running around and doing karate kicks. Very cool. Come here. And what about Spider-Gwen? What does Spider-Gwen do? She jumps and swings? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And what other superheroes do you like? Uh, I love uh, Flash. The Flash? Yeah. How come? Because it is... He... <laughs> oh my gosh, she farted. She farted when she tried running. <laughs> okay. Sounds like you broke the sound barrier. Huh? No. No, okay. <laughs> All right, can you come back here real quick? You ran very far away. Okay, last last question. Uh, I love, um, I love, um, <laughs> Okay, real quick. If you could be any superhero, who would you be? Awesome. High five. Good job. Can you say bye? Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. 
Okay, I'm very sorry. I know I said I was going to let you guys go. Maybe you noticed that there's a little bit more time left, and you're like, hey, what was that? I totally looked over my notes and looked past the fact that there's rumors of a Ninja Turtle reboot for the movies, which I'm crazy excited about. Um, the Michael Bay ones were fine. To me, there was just some... There was, like, something missing. It was. It felt like all, sub, all, all style, no substance. A lot of flash. It felt like it was made for the sake of just cashing in, and I didn't like that. Um, so the way... The whole rumor of there being a remake has me really excited. And I hope there's maybe... There's two different ways I'd love to see them go. One is very gritty. Um, more of an adult version of it. I'd love to see one where it's for... You know, they're more serious. They're not as jokey. I mean, it's fine if they joke with each other. But at the same time, I would love to... See, you know, there to be very serious, you know, stakes. Um, and that the turtles did kind of embrace more of the ninja aspects of it. Um, and when they're fighting, I mean, like, it'd be kind of cool if there's blood involved when they're fighting these people. Um, like, if you look at the designs that are done by Raymond Gay, I think that's fantastic. It has a good mix of being very gritty, but still paying homage to the old, like, cartoon and comics that we love. Like, the faces are there, they, and, you know, they don't have that Michael Bay, like, weird-looking frog ape hybrid faces that the Michael Bay films had, which I cannot stand. Um, and hopefully they won't be as roided out. I mean, the turtles are really only supposed to be like four or five feet, feet tall. And to see them like almost like six, seven feet tall is ridiculous. So I kind of hope they either go that way or maybe they go the other way and really embrace the old 80s, late 80s cartoon where you've got the robot foot soldiers, um, shares maybe a little goofy where they really just have fun with it. Maybe if they even got the old voice actors, that would be amazing. Um, and really, you know, make it for the kids. Uh, there's there's two extremes I'd like to see them go. And either way, I'd be happy with. Um, but I know they're trying to please everybody. And I think that's when you get stuff like the movie that we got. Um, what I would love to see is for them to t get the executive producer... Uh, Sierra Nelly and um, Brandon Allman, one of the writers and producers of the of the 2012 show, and bring them in to do some writing, just because these guys have a, so much love for the turtles, and it's if you actually watch the show, it's very evident. Um, they pay homage to the old cartoon, the the movies. They pay homage to the um, to the theme songs. They pay homage to the video games. Like these are guys that love the turtles the way that I love the turtles. Um, I know some people uh, may not be fans of the 2012 series. It's maybe too kiddish, and that's fine. I never watched the 2003 incarnation, which I hear is supposed to be really great and more of a gritty take on the Turtles. Um, but I really think those guys would be the guys to really give a shot and to see what, the, what it is they can do. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows? I really hope that they do a, a, re a reboot of the series and they really, really get some people that love the series and aren't doing it just to make money. Because that's kind of what the Michael Bay thing felt like. like. They were like, we want an action movie. We want to do Ninja Turtles. This is Nickelodeon. So we have to be sure we capture as many, as much of the audience as possible. And the whole thing just, it just didn't feel right. I mean, the the uh, 2007 movie, the CGI one, felt more like the kind of uh, movie that I was wanting. Sadly, it didn't have Shredder or any of the villains I like, but it's, I still felt like it was a great movie. And a lot of the chemistry between the brothers is great. Um, that brings me back to the 2012 series. If you watch the show, the chemistry between the brothers feels more like brothers, and that's what I would love to see. Um, but yeah, that's my really quick rant. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you hopefully Friday. Have a great day.